You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. What really bothered me about it was the idea that this had to be done for someone else. And I didn't like that. And I saw that, you know, these women were coming in under the camouflage of, I'm doing this for my husband-to-be. And and that was when, you know, the realization that, oh my God, this is not for anybody. This is for them. This is for them. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Kara Marie with Kara Marie Studios, and she photographs the most amazing boudoir work I've ever seen. She's so incredible at capturing women in just a really authentic and beautiful way. And I honestly feel like, you know, what she does just truly reaches beyond the whole boudoir category. If you've ever been curious about boudoir or even just wondering how to incorporate it more into your brand, this is definitely a great episode for you. And it's so great to hear Kara Marie's story just about how she went from doing Groupon deals to having most of her clients spend over $5,000. Kara Marie is so personable and smart, and this hour that we chatted just flew by. I hope you enjoy listening to her as much as I did. Okay, let's get started. Hey, Carmarie, how are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm pretty awesome considering the year. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm good, I'm good. You're, you're in Austin, Texas, right? Yes, I am. Well, currently, I know you are. Currently, yeah, I'm, I'm right. You, you might hear a little bit of buzzing of the street noise at some point. I am in the hustling, bustling downtown area. <laughs> oh, nice. That's one of my favorite cities in the world. I used to live there and uh, I miss it. I miss it a lot. It's so cool. It's changed a lot. When's the last time you were here? Well, yeah, I lived there in 2003, 2004. So I hear it's changed quite a bit. It's insane. I've been here for about 10 years and I can't, it's unrecognizable, but still really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Seattle was. I lived there for 11 years. And from when we moved there until when we moved away, like at the beginning of this year, it's so different. I mean, it's, you know, obviously some of it's still the same, but it is very different. It's crazy what can change in a decade. Right. People find out pretty quick how cool a place can be. (laughs) I know. Well, actually, I'm curious. So thinking of what can change so much in a decade, I'm wondering what you were doing a decade ago, like when you first moved there, or maybe even start like, you know, from the beginning of your photography career. And were you always a photographer? Did you do something before that? I've done literally everything before this. I sold cell phones, <laughs> mostly all in the sales industry, but I sold all different things, so cell phones, wedding dresses, fitness memberships. So I was definitely a people person and in the sales industry of some variety. And I started, I didn't pick up a camera until about 14 years ago. And when I say that, I mean a real camera. As a child, I always had little, you know, toy cameras and things like that. And I always had the eye. And I, you know, I do everything backwards. And this is not meant to be an encouragement or something that new photographers should emulate by any means. But, you know, I had a business name before I picked up a camera. And then I considered myself a professional photographer before I even fully understood manual mode. So I am not the poster (laughs) child for how to do things by any means. But I had my oldest son, who's now almost, he's 13. And I was sitting in my cubicle at a fitness club where I sold fitness memberships, you know, doodling on a a post-it what my business name was going to be. And 
I told my husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, I told him after work one day, you know, I went to Best Buy and I bought a camera and I enrolled in photography school. And he was like, what happened at work today? <laughs> You're like, just on my, idea, on my lunch right? break. Right, <laughs> on my lunch break. No, I wasn't using my personal lunch break time, certainly. I was using my paid <laughs> fitness club right. membership time <laughs> right. to do all that. But yeah, and it was really fast and hard from there. I immediately, I lived in a smaller city at the time in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I had, you know, no skill whatsoever, but I had the, uh, you know, the blind ignorance that gave me all the confidence that I needed. I didn't know enough to know how bad I was. Yes, I was the same. So I just went out there full force. Isn't that embarrassing now looking back at Mm -hmm. it? But thank God we were like that because it got me, it it was the fuel that I needed. And I, I was really quickly booked and very busy right out the gate before I was even really a good photographer, long before I was a good photographer, I'll say, and doing things relatively inexpensively, obviously. And it was easy because of the area that I was in. There was, it was a small community and I, you know, I knew a lot of people and it was just easy for me to kind of build a portfolio and get the word out. And I was charging almost immediately, like right out the gate. So I did it all kind of backwards and I was really heavy into client serving work for a very long time and only recently got into creating work for myself and doing personal projects and, and creating for the, for the art of it. Now, when I know a lot of photographers do it the other way around, which is probably smarter, but that was my journey, and I, you know, I'm I'm grateful for it. So I, you know, it's been 13 years now, and thankfully, every year I look back at the previous year, and I'm like, God, I've grown a lot since then. So it's just been an upward trajectory for 13 years, and it's been really fast <laughs> and really crazy. Yeah. And I photographed all the things, you know, I did weddings, I did modeling portfolios, I did families in the fields, I did the whole nine right out the gate and then just kind of started losing the things that I was like, nope, this is not for me. This Mm -hmm. is not for me. Until about, I would say about eight years ago when it was, okay, the only thing that is for me is, is photographing women in this way. So yeah, that's where I am now in Austin, photographing women. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for people who don't know you, so Car Marie is a boudoir. I mean, I know you, okay, let me just ask you this. Do you consider yourself a boudoir? You're going about it exactly the yeah. way that I do, which is like, what do you call yourself? I'm like, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I mean, I hate to have to give you a, a category because boudoir can have so many different meanings. Like I think sometimes people look at boudoir and think of it as like pearls and high heels and like raunchy, you know, when that's not, your style. Yeah. I mean, your your style is very sexy and very mm-hmm. like just classic and beautiful. And I mean, obviously, there's that like sort of sexiness to it. But I don't know. How would you? Yeah, right. And, you know, I I've kind of struggled with that the identity of it all over the years. And I was definitely at one point a you know traditional boudoir photographer, high heels and pearls. Like that was definitely mm-hmm. my brand for a little while. And I just kept evolving it into you know it, what really bothered me about it was the idea that this had to be done for someone else. And that was the the common thread in the boudoir industry at the time was that you know do it for your man, do it for your partner. And I didn't Mm -hmm. like that. (laughs) 
I didn't like that at all. And I saw that, you know, these women were coming in under the camouflage of, I'm doing this for my husband-to-be. And I saw that that was just not true. But they felt like they needed that excuse, you know, to do this for themselves. And I watched these women transform and open up in front of the camera And that was when, you know, the realization that, oh, my God, this is not for anybody. This is for them. This is for them. Mm -hmm. It was that realization that had me begin to evolve my work beyond the high heels and pearls into, you know, these strong, confident women, even if they, you know, were coming in only to find their confidence. They hadn't found it yet. I was helping them find that. And my poses got stronger and they got less, you know, about the booty in the air um, and more (laughs) about like, look how strong and confident and cool this woman is right here. So it's been a constant evolution and I'm still evolving. And now I'm in a space where I definitely, I don't consider myself a a boudoir photographer, but I just don't have a word for it. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's great. I think it's good. I don't want to put myself in any sort of box. I just know that I am a photographer for women and I am, you know, the word empowered has really been beaten up and overused and exhausted and used in ways that I don't think are accurate representations of what the word empowered actually means. But that is genuinely where I feel I am now, empowering women with, you know, strong, confident photography. Yeah, they're not wearing many clothes. Most of my clients, you know, they don't come in with any wardrobe. We shoot with a sheet. We have a great time. But it's very little to do with like the, you know, objectification and more to do with the art form of the female figure. Yeah. And that's exactly what I see when I scroll through your galleries. And, you know, I think one of the benefits, though, of calling it boudoir, I guess, is that when people don't know what else to search for. Right, exactly. So if they're looking for a boudoir photo shoot, they might come across your website and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I want. This you know, Because I think sometimes women don't know exactly what they want when they when they do want a photo shoot. It's like... I think people obviously are terrified of the camera and especially of taking their clothes off in front of the camera. And when you come across a gallery like yours, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, like it doesn't look scary. You know what I mean? It almost feels like there's just so, like, I I guess it's the confidence part of it. There's so much confidence in every single woman that I see Mm -hmm. in every one of your galleries that it just makes me think like, I think I could do that. You know, there's something just really powerful about it. That's awesome. Well, I should photograph you, Nikki. I should oh, get you in front of my love. camera. Yes. Yeah, I there really is something about it's just magical. And I love that I get to photograph so many photographers now. I mean, it's a very large percentage of my business is photographing photographers. And that makes me so happy. And I love that. And you're right. People get to my you know website a lot by, you know, Googling boudoir or sexy photos mm-hmm. or sexy naked pictures. And they scroll through all different portfolios and then they get to mine and they're like, well, this is different. You know, it, it does stand yeah, out yeah. because it's not traditional boudoir. Well, and and one of the things I notice, and I want to hear your story about how you got here, because I know, Mm -hmm. you know, 13 years is a short and long process. Like, I feel like it's so short, but it's also very long. (laughs) So So I I want to hear all the kind of in-betweens. But before we do that, one more thing about your work. It's like the angles. Like, it's not just a front-on regular photo. I mean, Mm-hmm. Every photo I look at is from a different angle and it's just it's so amazing the way you 
you do that? I mean, like when you're shooting, are you moving around a lot? Are you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And what's so funny about that is I think that's where, like, luckily that, you know, the heavy traditional boudoir photography really benefited me in the way that I shoot now because it trained me to move all around the subject. And I was up on a, you know, standing on a nightstand and then I was down on the ground doing an army crawl. So it wasn't, you know, when you start learning on traditional portraiture, you're in one spot and you're shooting flat Mm -hmm. on. And Mm -hmm. which I love that as well, but that's what I love is marrying the two. And, you know, sometimes I do shoot front on portraiture for sure, but changing that angle allows you to get so much better dimension on, if you're trying to photograph the female form, it allows you to play with the light and the shadows on the curves of her body and in a way that shooting flat on just would not do. And it's it adds a very different, interesting element to it. And I'm just having so much fun. I do move around a lot. I had a client yesterday. She was like, you are working way harder than I am. I'm like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> just breathing heavily and get it. I don't go to the gym because this is what I do. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, I'm wondering too, are you constantly directing? Because something that I saw, yes. I read on your website is like, you don't typically photograph models. It's mostly like sort of mm-hmm. the people who aren't models. So I know that if I were to get in front of your camera, I would never know to get into these poses or these expressions. Like I'm not an easy person to photograph, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So when I see all of this, like how much directing are you doing? I mean, I direct the entire way. There's very little time in which one of my clients is improvising. If they're improvising, Mm -hmm. it's because they've had experience in front of the camera before and they're comfortable doing so, but I direct everything. And I instruct them to stay put. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I will direct you. I will put you in a pose and you get to hang out right there. You don't have to move anything. You don't have to change your facial expression. You don't have to change your hand position unless I tell you to. And then I will give them some sort of movement or choreography to kind of work into it to make it appear more natural. But it is all very instructed. The only thing that I say, like everything comes about when I'm directing somebody or when I'm getting to know them during hair and makeup, I read their personalities and I don't ever want to put one pose on every single client or one Mm -hmm, direction mm -hmm. on every single client. So it's really a give and take of me understanding what it is that they're trying to be seen as. Like, do they want to be seen as strong and confident? Do they want to reconnect with their sexual side and be seen as a little bit more sultry? And then I get the read of their personality. And sometimes that doesn't match what they say that they want. Or I look at their mood board and their mood board is extremely like very, very naked and sensual. And they bring in, you know, ball gowns and and things that are completely covering. So it's really interesting to kind of dive into each client and understand the psychology of why they're here. Do the deep digging because not all the time, they're not going to be able to tell you exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you what they think they should say. And you have to dig a little bit deeper. So yeah, it's a very customized experience from the posing to the wardrobe, to the angles, to the facial expressions. Everything is completely custom according to the client. Yeah, it seems like that. It really does. And I'll be honest, I shied away from any sort of shoots that involve, you know, I guess your traditional sort of boudoir. I don't know why. I I think I just, I found it to be hard, like... I don't I don't know if it was just like freezing up in the moment and just 
I don't know why. I just never let myself sort of explore the genre very, very much. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. I, I, well, not obviously, I guess, but if you, if anyone out there listening follows my work, I'd, I photograph mostly women. But I don't do a lot of like traditional boudoir and sexy photos. And I just always thought it was hard for some reason. And I keep hearing a lot about your course. And people who will post about it in our Sue Bryce members group, like, oh my gosh, you have to get Cara Marie's course. And I'm wondering, like, can you sell me on it? <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'm, now that I'm like looking through, you know, so much of your work, I'm like, dang, like, I want to know how to do this. Like, how much are, do you teach through the course, you know, about making photos look like yours, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, that course was the biggest brain dump I could have ever done. Everything that I knew about boudoir photography was dumped into that course. And then it, even more was drawn out from me by, you know, Sue and the team. Like, it would be really cool if you taught this because this is what people would want to know. So there were things in there that I had never actually instructed on before that people right. were telling me, you're really good at this. And I'm like, I am? I didn't know that. Okay, well, I'll do that on <laughs> camera and see how it goes. That course has gotten the just the most amazing feedback and it just warms my heart so much because it was, like I said, everything, the brain dump was real. I mean, it was just a year of like really, really, really hard work crammed into, you know, five days of production that felt like it went by in a blink of an eye, but I'm sure that the crew didn't feel that way. <laughs> There's 48 videos, which is insane. Like I, I would have never been able to create that on my own, but 48 videos and what's awesome about it, and not to like toot my own horn, but this is no, maybe do like it. A, I a self deprecating compliment is that I can only explain things in an easy to understand way. <laughs> I do yeah, not, yeah. I am not a highly technical photographer, never have been. And I always learn the best when somebody is teaching me in a way that they would explain it to a child. And that's mm -hmm. essentially my model of teaching. So it is really unpretentious, if that's a word. It is very yeah. uh, easy to understand, easy to follow. And it's broken down into all of the most used techniques and the most popular and the like the poses that every single client buys are broken down the lighting whether you shoot natural light or studio light I teach some of my most popular lighting styles both ways so like the semi silhouette where you get a lot of that really beautiful like dark shadowy figures mm -hmm. with some highlights wrapping around that's so beautiful for any sort of figure work that you're photographing and you know I've only ever worked with natural light for a very long time and I had to figure out a way because we had the stormiest worst possible storm day in Austin Texas and we had no natural light available and I had a light like one individual light and one modifier and I was like I gotta make it work and I figured out how yeah. to do my semi silhouettes and my low-key lighting with studio light on the spot and then over the years, I kind of refined that and I was able to teach that in the boudoir series, which has been really helpful for people because whether, you know, some people only shoot natural, some people only shoot studio. And I wanted to be able to teach those lighting techniques and all of that to everybody. The feedback's been insane, which I'm so grateful for. Because, of course, when you're in the thick of it, you're like, this is the fail. This is not going well, you know. But <laughs> know, thank, thank know, God right? for editing and, and all of that because that it was such a whirlwind. And the team was so amazing and so great. And it's just a beautiful course. And it really does cover 
everything. We cover some business stuff. I talk about lingerie and what it's called and, you know, this is a garter belt, you know, so it's really taking it back to basics and taking all of the fear out of it. Because I think just like you, Nikki, so many photographers are just terrified to even tap dance into that genre mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, naked women, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, I don't yeah. know anything yeah. about wardrobe. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a girl's girl. I don't wear a lingerie. I have no idea. I'm not either. I'm definitely a dude. <laughs> it's pretty That's funny. That's how I am. I'm I like am so, not frilly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, this course is just, I mean, I, I could have never done it without the TPM crew for sure. It was so much work, but it was so beautifully put together and it covers everything that you could need to know to get into boudoir. In fact, my studio manager just took the course herself uh, because she wanted to start oh, learning. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. I feel like I'm kind of at a, a standstill right now where I'm really focused on personal branding and I love doing it, but I'm also creatively just in kind of a little bit of a rut. And I'm wondering if this might be a good sort of new creative outlet for me. And and I love photographing women. And this would be me photographing women in a way that I really haven't much before. I mean, a little bit. I've dabbled for sure. But I'm really excited about this. I really am. And I know you have, it's like a bundle where you have the because you do everything in black and white. So if you haven't looked at Carmarie's yeah. work yet, everything she does is in black and white. But it's like, I don't even, it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't even miss the color when I look through your portfolio Thank at you. all. But I know you have the black and white presets that come with it and your boudoir prep guide as like a bundle in, in the Portrait yes. Master store. Yeah, and the bundle is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might. This is something I have to think about of, I don't know. I'm really excited. I feel like it's, this might be something that I've kind of been looking for of of just to get out of my kind of creative rut that I'm in. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, know if it's well, 2020 it's always, or what, but I'm like, oh. it is. <laughs> it is. But it's always <laughs> fun to try something new. It's always fun to explore. And you get inspired once you start shooting something different. And you'd be really good at it, Nikki. You should you should give it Thank a shot. <laughs> yeah, I think I might. Okay, so let's back up then. Because you said you started right out the gate. You were like booking a bunch of stuff and different mm-hmm. genres and weddings and whatever. Tell me like from the beginning what that was like and and when was the first time you did a boudoir shoot? Oh, so the first time I did a boudoir shoot was a client who was a wedding client. She was one of my brides and she wanted to do sexy photos for her husband to be. It was the whole like bride to be sash and like your your wedding day garter belt like the whole nine as far as right. theatrics go. And what was really fascinating about it, I did it in my apartment in Erie, Pennsylvania which was not impressive by any means, but I knew her <laughs> and she became a client. And I was like, this is fine, right? This is fine. And I shot the most horrendous boudoir. And it's okay for me to say that because we've talked about it many times since. <laughs> the most <laughs> horrendous boudoir. But she loved the photos. And of course he did too, because I, as I always tell my clients, if you're truly doing this as a gift for you know a, a man, they're pretty simple as far as what looks good to them, you know? So, so, right, you, right. I, as far as my end went, it wasn't very hard to deliver on that, thank goodness. But when I did that, I was like, well, this is really fun. It, it felt like girl time. It felt personal. Obviously, it is. But I felt like I was able to make a much better connection with women in front of my camera in this way than I was at a wedding or yeah, you know, yeah. if I was doing their family photos. It is very personal, and women have a very personal reason for wanting to do this even if they're hiding behind an excuse of of something else. So 
Yeah, I am. It was when I moved to Austin about 10 years ago that, you know, I I was a Groupon situation. When I moved here, Ah, I didn't know anybody. There was not a soul that I knew in Austin, Texas. And I knew that I had to get out there and meet people and get my camera on people. And I did the unthinkable. Granted, that was a long time ago and Groupon was a different situation, but I I did a Groupon to get myself out there and I wrote it off as I knew I wasn't going to be profiting, you know, but Mm -hmm. I wrote it off as, you know, this is marketing. This is what I'm going to do to, this is like putting in the work to get my name out there. And that launched me in the city so quickly. You know, by the time I even fulfilled, I really genuinely didn't anticipate it selling as many as it did. It sold over 300 and I couldn't, thank God, only half of them redeem. (laughs) But I was driving all over the city because it was also in home. So I was driving all over the city. right. So you didn't have a studio. Yeah. I didn't have a studio. And I had no idea how spread out Austin, Texas was because I didn't properly research (laughs) before we moved here. So, you know, some days I was, you know, it, it would be two two and a half hour commutes between houses, and I oh was like, "This gosh. was insane." But I did so much work, and every single woman I was serving as if they had paid thousands of dollars, even though they had only paid one hundred and fifty, and I got fifty percent right. of that, mind you. <laughs> um, so. I was serving them and they were referring their friends and then their friends were booking at more, you know, substantial pricing directly with me. I didn't have to split it with Groupon. So it was really only a year of that where it was just putting in the effort, putting in the work, getting myself known, serving as best as I could and improving my craft that I could stop all of that and charge regular prices and get a studio. So that is what I did. And it was, I mean, getting the studio was a game changer for me in the way that I don't think that you necessarily need a studio. I think a lot of people operate really successful businesses out of a home studio or going on location. Mm -hmm, For For me personally, it was what I needed for my self-esteem and my confidence to feel like I was legitimate. And I loved welcoming people into my studio. It was a you know a cool space with like stained concrete floors, big windows. It was in a cool part of Boston. So it legitimized me in my own head, which was important. And as a creative brain, we all know how hard it is to feel like legitimate at times. So that was really an important step for me. Yeah, I can see. And and also being a mom, I mean, saving mm-hmm. on that drive time and packing everything into your car that you need to take with you and I mean, it's just how much nicer is it to know, okay, my commute time is this to the studio. I show up. Everything's there. It's ready to go. I just feel like in the end, it saves so much time for your own personal life as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it gives you that separation. You know, I don't know about you, but my my children would not let me work in the house. <laughs> That's just never going it's, to happen. It, yeah, you know, this year I, has it, been interesting. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know, girl. <laughs> I know. It's been crazy. Mine are thirteen and seven now, so they're pretty they're pretty independent as well. But even so, working from home is just you know, oh, that laundry needs done, or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, let me help you with this. Let me help you with that. It's just, it's, it's a lot. So having that separate space was really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mine are two and four and, and like, Oh girl, it's like, Oh girl, they're little, they're little, (laughs) but they're, you know, I've set the boundaries so I get interrupted sometimes, although it's been Mm -hmm. a long time since one of them has busted in during a podcast. 
It could happen this morning because they were both like, Mama, as I was closing the door. Aw, sweetheart. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where I feel like it's everyone understands and you just have to – everyone's making adjustments and it's just – yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> That's super true. I think everyone's been really forgiving and giving a lot of grace for, for anybody they come into contact with because we're all going through the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so so you said you did that for a year. You got your studio, and then is, at that point, did you just like put your prices up right away? So my prices have been an interesting topic. <laughs> my prices went up to I would say about a thousand dollars once I got my studio space to cover overhead okay. yeah. and all of that. So I was around a thousand dollars. My average sale was probably only about twelve hundred or so. So I was including pretty much everything in that one thousand dollar package. And my prices. So at this point, just to flash forward all these years later, my Average sale is about fifty five hundred. I have a wait list of around seven thousand women, which is bananas. It's insane. And then once you get a wait list, people are like, "Oh my god, really?" And they they go to get on the wait list. So it's you know self perpetuating, I guess. But I have an insane wait list, and I couldn't possibly service all of the women that are you know trying to book a, a photo session with me. And everyone, you know, business mentors, other photographers, like. Why are you not raising your prices? So full disclosure, you know, to the buy-in, like the minimum you can spend to get in front of my camera is $3,300. Most clients book the $5,500 package, which includes just about, you know, that's the fantasy that includes all the images, the album. But everyone's like, you've had a wait list and you've been sold out. And I've been operating off of a wait list for about three and a half years now where I have to release time slots like chunks at a time. They sell out and that's it. Wow. Which is, I mean, it's a beautiful problem to have, right? That's where everybody aspires to be, right? That's what they say. Yeah, So sure. everyone wants me to raise my prices, everyone in the business. You know, why are you not raising your prices? You could go up to you know, 10 grand. And the interesting thing is I noticed that the higher my prices got, the less fulfilled I was. I was Mm. noticing a distinct change in the clientele that I was booking. And, you know, obviously I can't blanket statement it completely. There were always exceptions, but for the most part, when I crept into, I actually reduced my prices because of this, which is fascinating. Once I crept up into the like $4,000 range, I was no longer attainable for the people that I wanted to be attainable for. And, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. they could save, they could save, they could save. But, you know, at the end of the day, they had kids to feed and they couldn't justify. And I respected that. And the clients that could afford that, it became, you know, I had to kind of find the sweet spot for it. But it became, you know, that was a drop in the bucket for them. They've been in front of lots of cameras before. They picked me because I was the most expensive. And it just wasn't fulfilling. You know, I was the help. And I wasn't mm-hmm, a tool to mm-hmm. help them. I was the help. Yes, that it, I was. Honestly, I have felt that way before for some of my really high end yes. clients. Yes. Gosh, that is, as soon as you said that, it really triggered me. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and that was how. I, and I didn't want to feel that way. I wanted to, this to be a partnership, and I wanted it to be really fulfilling for my clients, and I wanted them to help. You know, the, to find themselves. I didn't want it to be. You know, let me sh- bring in all of my. You know, twenty five thousand dollars in shoes and a hundred thousand dollars in lingerie, and tell you all about it. And I'm like, I th- that's not the point of this. Right. I want you to be able to strip down to no design 
designer and just be yourself, your actual self. And so there was a lot less of that once I got into the higher price range. So I did actually back down on my pricing even when I was constantly booked and sold out for that reason. I just felt wrong about it and I didn't feel I didn't feel good. I didn't feel fulfilled. So now I'm at the $3,300 buy-in and then $5,500 is the, the, what I call the fantasy package that includes pretty much everything. And I'm really sitting happy there and loving it. And I'm still, you know, I'm still booked and I'm still, you know, now even more so because I did make an announcement that I'm going to be relocating. And so when I did that, things got even crazier and the wait list added another 1,200 people to it overnight, which was a little scary and daunting, but also really cool. Like that just made me feel really good. Now, I want to talk about where you're moving to in a little bit, but before Mm -hmm. we, before we do that, Tell me about when you say it includes basically everything, can mm. you give us a rundown of, you know, if I were like, okay, first of all, the whole wait list thing, I don't know how long it would take for, I'd be like 50 by the time I could give a rundown of camera, <laughs> but what would I get for that 5,500? So we do the upgraded album. So essentially it's the, and I use Graphy Studio now, which is awesome. Okay. And we yep. upgraded to beautiful, like crystal front album in a nice box, leather. So they get an 8x12, 35 image album, which sounds Wait, like a lot. can I tell you something lot, funny I'm, really quick? Yes, yes. Re- really quick, just about those crystal, when I did weddings, I used those albums, the crystal front, you know, the cover is that mm-hmm. like beautiful. And when I was ordering my sample, And the reason I just thought of this is we just moved out of our Seattle house. We just packed it up and I found it. And Dan and I were crying from laughing because it is like half the size of me. Like I ordered, it was a sample for my studio and and I didn't Mm -hmm. have a wedding to use as a sample yet. So I was like, oh, I'll just do it with our wedding. So I picked the biggest one because a sample was 50% off. So I was like, oh, I'll just get us. So in my head, I wasn't realizing how big it is. It is literally like two and a half feet tall or something. It's huge. <laughs> it weighs like 50 pounds. And anyways, it's That's so amazing. gorgeous. But it is That's amazing. Huge. And we just laugh so hard every time. I know. It's hard to see yourself that large. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time it comes out of the closet, I'm like, oh, my gosh. My our, the, our friend who was helping us pack up was like, dude, why is your wedding album so big? <laughs> like, what is that thing? You need three people to carry it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the yeah. size that you said, so, what did you say? It was 12 by? We do, no, 8 by 12, 8 by 12. 8 by 12 so it's yeah, not, yeah. yeah. And I find that that was a happy space. I used to have larger albums and it freaked women out. So 8 mm-hmm. by 12 in the Graphy Studio album. So that's the album upgrade. That's a 35 image album, which a lot of, especially portrait photographers are like, what? How many images? Because I don't think people realize how much I shoot. I am showing my clients almost a hundred images and they are edited. It's Mm -hmm. not, yeah. So it is a full service and very, and honestly, if you're shooting portraits, there's only so much, you know, you can do because it is, you know, you're shooting front on when you're shooting boudoir, you're able to get a lot more variety. So Mm -hmm. I was getting the variety 
Do you do your own editing? So in-house, yes, but I do have help. My studio manager edits for me. She does all the skin work, and then I do the creative edits afterwards. So I do all my black and white processes myself. Yeah. Um, So it includes that. includes the entire collection of digital files. So that is nearly 100 digital files. It includes a piece of wall art, a 20 by 24 piece of wall art. So all in all, like a la carte, the value of all of it is 8,800, and then they pay 5,500. So it is a significant discount for them when they're purchasing. And they're always happy to do that after even when when they get to their photo reveal appointment and they don't think that they're going to love everything. They're like, oh, I'm so glad that I did that <laughs> that fantasy package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is oh, that's definitely. Awesome. And now the majority, I would say about 80% of my clients are booking that rate at booking. And another 10% of those are upgrading to it after they've seen their photos. So it is... Definitely an industry that has a lot of upward mobility as far as what you can charge and the number of images. I mean, the volume of images that you can turn over from an hour and a half long set is insane. It just depends on how much work you want to put in on the back end of it. And it was, you know, a process of me figuring out over the years, like, okay, you know, my clients are typically only doing like 30, 35 image albums. And then as I got better and started paying attention to the types of images in my photo reveal appointments, the types of images that women would pass on, and then the type of images that women would swoon on. And really thinking about that as I was shooting, I know that's hard to do. Um, and it took me years to be able to do that, but paying attention and going into it as a sales process in the back of your head okay, they love this, so let's give them more of that, obviously, and figuring out new poses and new things that we can do that are different enough that they're just like, you know, eating it up and they want more of it. And that's, you know, our job is to give them what they want. And that's a double win if it also increases your sale, right? Mm-hmm. Do you do your, your ordering session in person or through Zoom or do you send galleries? Yeah, well, 2020 aside, in person. Right. <laughs> so this year has been a lot of Google Hangouts. So we do it that way, and we have for a while. We've offered uh, remote photo reveals for about the last four years or so because such a large percentage of our clients are coming in from out of state, and they're flying in for their right. session now. So right. yeah, we did have to get on board with the virtual Hangout, and I still give them instructions like, okay, I want you to dim the lights. I want you to light a candle. Pour yourself your favorite beverage. So I still want them to create the experience for themselves wherever they're at as well and not just be like on their lunch break in their office with fluorescent lighting. You know, I want it to be a thing. So when we set up their appointment, I make sure to let them know that like you're going to want privacy, you're going to want some low lighting. So find yourself your happy place and the biggest screen that you've got. And that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. So most cool. of the time, ideally in person, but otherwise, yes, we do set up a Google Hangout and we'll show them a slideshow that we do on Animoto for, you know, the grand opening of their photo reveal appointment. And then after that, we go through each of the images individually in Lightroom just so they can see all of them in the collection and they can ooh and ah. And then after they've seen them all, we go back to the very beginning and we bring them up in groups of five or six at a time so they can pick out their very favorites for the album. But most of the time they are going home with that whole collection. So it's not too scrutinizing. Yeah, very cool. That sounds awesome. And then, so you mentioned that you were moving, and can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm in the thick of it right now, but we are, my family and I are relocating to Lake Como, Italy, 
which oh, is so amazing. A really big move. <laughs> a yeah, really big huge. move. I have never lived overseas before, and we're in the middle of the whole, you know, the Italian bureaucracy and COVID. So it's been a fun process. But we, my husband and I always said, you know, we're, we're going to live in Italy someday. And we just kept saying someday. And it really got mm-hmm. under my skin that it was someday, mm-hmm. someday, someday. And when we took our boys there, we took our kids to Italy. It was a whole European summer three years ago. They were you know, 10 and 5 at the time, which is a really long trip for a 10 and a 5-year-old, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe right start yeah. with two weeks if anybody out there listening is interested in doing something <laughs> like that. But it was really important to us because my husband and I didn't travel very much as kids. And when we began to travel as adults and when we finally came into the means and were able to do that, it changed our world. And we knew that that was something that we wanted to do for our children from the get-go. So they've been traveling. They've had passports for as, as long as they, before they were one. And they have been traveling with us. But that trip in particular was really important to us. And there was a point towards the end of our trip, it was about... 10 days that we were in Milan. And we did that specifically because that's a high access point. We could travel to anywhere by train pretty quickly. We could take day trips. So we stayed in Milan for 10 days as a home base. And then we just took little day trips. And my husband said, you know, we should probably check out Como. You know, we've never seen it. I hear it's pretty. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go. And we got there and it was just magic. And I've never been anywhere. I've been a lot of places that are beautiful and I loved and I would love to go back, but I've never been anywhere that felt like, oh my God, I'm home. I'm home. And we, you know, took this boat trip out to Bellagio, like waved to George Clooney along the way. And we're like, oh my God, this is just so glamorous and so wonderful. I love it. And I sat down on the beach in Bellagio and sobbed, happy tears, but I sobbed. And I was like, I I can't leave. This is my home now. And, um, you know, we ended up adding another day on, you know, it was time to check out in the morning. And I was like, I'll meet you guys back in Milan. I'm not ready to leave yet. And we, my husband got us another night. So we stayed and it was just where we were supposed to be. And when COVID hit and after, you know, the month of freaking out as a business owner and a mom and all of that, after doing the freak out, when I finally had to surrender to it and say, okay, like, it is what it is at this point. Let's just enjoy our time together at home. And it was at that point that we were like, why are we someday-ing this? This this shouldn't mm-hmm. be a someday. This, mm-hmm. we need to go. It's time. So we did. We like did all the research. We hired an immigration attorney and we started doing all the work to get, make this process happen. And in the middle of a pandemic, we sold our house <laughs> and it's already gone. We didn't even have to list it. I just posted it on Instagram and it sold, which is amazing. Instagram. It sold to the most amazing people, the perfect replacements for us. And my and I was just, we built that house and it was the only place I've ever lived that I was attached to. And it was just 
it was a hard home to let go of. But the people yeah. that bought the house, it was it, it couldn't have been more faded. It was just perfect. So we're just staying in a little condo right now while we await the legal stuff to happen, which is like my husband texted me right before we got on here and said, I got good news about the loft. Like, call me. I'm like, I'm about to record. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. But, but yeah, we're, I, our goal is February. And I'm not sure with this, when this is going to air, but our, our goal is to be there by February. But, you know, COVID is making us we're, we're going to have to be pretty flexible. So we're just flying by the seat of our pants, which is something that I do not do very well. And it certainly, it sounds very glamorous, like, oh, we sold everything and we're moving to Italy. But I can tell you, there's been a lot more like tears and like second guessing than anything else so far. I do know for a wow. fact that it's going to be worth it. But right now it's just nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. That's so exciting. It is. And there's something that you said, it's like the someday thing that I think yes. whether, you know, a lot of people say that about a lot of different things. And whether it's doing something as huge as moving to Italy is huge for you, obviously. But there are people who like haven't started their photography business yet or, right. you know, haven't, okay, I'm going to say this, joined Sue Bryce Education yet. They're like, someday, right. maybe in January or whatever. Or haven't, you know, looked for a new job or haven't, you know, bought that dress they wanted or gone for a workout, you know, someday, someday, someday. I feel like that is something that people, oftentimes people don't take the leap for these things that they truly want. And whether it is something like moving to Italy or just going for that run or just doing that first photo shoot or raising your prices or oh, I'll raise my prices someday. Like mm -hmm. I can just think of so many things that people wait and don't do. And it kills me inside because mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys, life goes by so fast. Like you can't wait for someday. Take one step forward. And yes, okay, it takes you a while to move to Italy, obviously. But if you didn't <laughs> take that first step, you wouldn't ever get there. Like it's just, it's, I don't know. I just I it just is. am such a proponent for doing what you need to do for yourself. And we actually just sold our Seattle house and leaving it was incredibly difficult. I just got back yeah. two days ago from we haven't lived in it in a year, but we've gone back and forth at least every other month. And so that's the house that I brought my babies home to. That was a house yeah. where they took their first steps. And Dan and I bawled through yep. the four days of packing up our house, like bald. And the people who are moving in are, they're about to have a baby and I left the crib for them. They needed a crib, you know? And so it made me feel yeah. better about leaving the house, but I feel you there. And it's yeah. not an easy decision to make these big changes, but if you're out there and there's something that you want and something that you have just been dreaming about, like start doing it. Like, yes, it's, you're not going to be able to do everything at once, but it's taking the steps. Like Cara Marie and her husband decided to put the house on Instagram. They sold it. Next, it's finding a condo to move into, dealing with the government. Like it's not like everything magically happens. But if you never take one step, it never happens. Like absolutely, ugh, I can't stress that enough. Someday is a trap. Someday is yes. a trap. <laughs> yes, don't fall into it. It's really dangerous, and it's easy to do. So, you know. Saying no to someday is the hardest route to take, yes. but it's the most fulfilling for sure. It and is. you don't want your and life to pass you by. 
totally. It 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 is hard. And I remember Sue did this talk. It, it's this, in in one of her self value talks on the on the SBE website where she talks about how with change comes pain, and in mm-hmm. order to get through. And, and to reach the change that you want and to reach the goals you want, you have to work through that pain. Whether it is, you know, feeling uncomfortable for a little while or, you know, there's there's just different types of pain that come with the different changes that you make. But if you're afraid of that pain and you won't move through it, you're never going to achieve what you want. Like, I would still be a social worker, miserable, just, ugh, it would be awful if I had never yeah. taken that first step and that second step and that third step and just kept moving forward and look where I'm at now. You know, it's like, ugh, I don't know. I'll get Absolutely. off my soapbox now about it, but yeah, I just have so right, many people, yeah. so many people in my life who are like unhappy with a job or, mm-hmm. you know, unhappy with a relationship or, you know, just something. And I'm like, oh my, okay, so what's your first step to make the change? And they're just like, oh, I don't know if I can. And I'm like, okay, then you don't want to make that change then. Because if you did, you would start taking steps. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. (laughs) I could, like, talk about this stuff forever. I know. I know. Absolutely. You're so right. So, and like you. Okay, for another example for you is when you were selling fitness memberships Mm -hmm. and decided, I'm going to go buy that camera. That was one step that you took, and now you're freaking moving to Italy. You know what I mean? (laughs) With your business where you have 1,200 new people on your wait list for, you know, it's like— if you had never taken that first step, you would still be selling fitness memberships. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a lot of a lot of expanding the comfort zone and, you know, drop kicking the comfort zone and all of that and, you know, the portrait masters, I really genuinely I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have spoken on that stage because that mm-hmm. was my, it wasn't the series, it wasn't, you know, the mentorships, it wasn't any of that. It was speaking up on that stage. That was like my golden goose. That was my, like, that was what I felt like I needed to work to. And I didn't see that happening for years. And it happened so quickly and so <laughs> tumultuously at times, but it really, I mean, that was me proving to myself that I could do it. Yeah. And I needed that. I really did. In my career, in my personal life, I needed that moment. And so I'm just so grateful for Sue and for the stage and for the the whole Portrait Masters crew and Super Ice Educate, just incredible um, people. And it's just been, it's been pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, in your talk that you did, I was there for it, obviously. That's when, when we met for the first time. But it is on Sue Bryce Education. If you have a membership, you can watch the whole Portrait Masters from 2019, 2018. And you do a live photo shoot in Sue's studio. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You can watch me sweat through that. That was the hardest thing that I've ever done. That was the first time <laughs> so I'd ever live shot. It was so hard. But it got great feedback, so I was happy. You did yeah. so great, though. Oh, I loved oh, it. Oh, thank I you. Loved it. Thank you. Well, I just wish you so much success and just so much joy with everything that you're doing. And and it's just so great. And to hear that you started out with Groupon and, yeah. you know, and, and, and you built your portfolio that way. People build their portfolios lots of different ways. And, I mean, look at you now, you know. So it is one of those things that it's just really cool to see. And your work is incredible. And everything you've, you've achieved is just so well-deserved. And... Gosh, I'm excited to see where you you take everything from here, you know, being in in Lake Como. It's just so awesome. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm really excited. Well, and I'll let you go because I know you're you're waiting to hear about your the update on your loft. <laughs> but actually, before I, I let you go, I have a couple more questions. I just remembered I have to ask you our five questions that we always ask people. Well, technically it's four, but I always add one at the end. Oh, good. Surprise. All right. So number one is what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Music. <laughs> ah, is this supposed yeah. to be fast fire or not? Because music is an easy answer no, for me. No, that's great. Um, yep. Yeah, I, you can't shoot without music. It sets the tone, especially it, with me being so client-facing. It is very, you know, I ask them what they want to listen to, and it gives them a feeling of familiarity, and it, it instantly makes them more comfortable. So music, mm-hmm. 100%. That's great. You're not the first person to say that either. So oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's People feel very strongly about music. It's awesome. Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Well, I love travel. Mm -hmm. I do travel a lot, typically. All of that's obviously been halted since March. So with the upcoming move, I've been working uh, really hard on learning the Italian language, which is not very easy for an adult, but I'm trying. And uh, my kids, I feel like, are going to surpass me soon. But I've been working really hard on that. And um, outside of photography and, and learning Italian, right now I'm pretty much just eating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a foodie. It. I love to eat. <sighs> yep. And in Austin, oh gosh, I gained mm-hmm. 20 pounds within the first three months that I moved there. Girl, yes. Even Real easy to do. Real easy I to worked do. at a Tex-Mex <laughs> restaurant and we would get, Ooh, I, I met which some one? friends. It was Antonio's out on like Jollyville Road. I mean, it was way out nice. there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the margaritas and the queso and the just everything. (laughs) So good. So many tacos. (laughs) Uh, So true. Okay. Number three, what's your favorite inspirational quote? (sighs) Well, I am an avid quote collector. This one's a little hard for me. I have thousands of quotes saved on my phone. It's crazy. Um, But I guess to stay on theme with the Portrait Masters, I recited a quote on stage last year at the conference, and it was so timely and so relevant for me, but it was a quote by Sheryl Sandberg, and it says, if you're offered a seat on a rocket ship, don't ask what seat, just get on. (laughs) And that was so important for me because when Sue and George approached me initially two years ago and said, you know, have you ever thought about teaching on a larger scale? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, how so? Like on the stage or in a class or like what? You know, asking all these questions and so panicked about it because it was so out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, just, my husband's like, shut up. Just say yes, thank you. <laughs> Just you know, take it, take it and go. They think you're ready, so you're ready. And I'm like, I don't know about that. So that quote in particular, just really I I wrote it down pretty early on in that whole process. And I was like, this is this is my quote. Just get on the rocket ship. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that also goes hand in hand with what we were talking about about not saying someday because what if you were like no, right maybe someday yeah I'm you not ready I, mean? I kept like, thinking yeah. up until the day we recorded even after the day we recorded I'm like I'm not ready for this I'm not ready for this yeah. but I was ready I just had to be pushed yeah. totally mm-hmm. okay number four what would you say to people who are just getting started oh never stop learning don't stop learning I mean I think in the creative industry 
the creative brains, we tend to have a predisposition to have a little bit of an ego. <laughs> so you get to a certain part in your career or, you know, you've been booked solid for a year and you're like, well, I don't need to learn anything else. I don't need further instruction. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest disservice. I believe anyone can mm-hmm. do themselves. I've, I've been shooting for around, you know, 14, 13, 14 years and I learn something new every week, genuinely. Every single week, I still, yeah. I, like, I teach workshops, but I still take workshops. I still watch mm-hmm. YouTube tutorials when I don't know the answer mm-hmm. to something. I'm still a paying member of Sue Bryce Education. I am a forever student. <laughs> Asking questions that you, you don't know the answer to is so crucial, and just challenging yourself and shooting something that doesn't come naturally to you, shooting boudoir if you're afraid of it, you know, shooting as much as you can and finding the answers to like, okay, I don't like how the light is like blowing up her chin right now. Like, how do I fix that? Oh, I'm going to take Felix's lighting course and he's going to teach me. You go to the masters, you learn from the best and just keep learning no matter what. If you feel like you're at the top of your game, you know, go Google anyone, you know, Paolo Reversi or Peter Lindbergh or, you know, any of the great Mm -hmm. greats. And recognize, okay, I do have some room to grow and figure out how to get a step closer to that. Yeah, that's perfect advice. I love it. I love it. Always a student. Always. Okay, last question. Where can we find you online? Oh, goodness, I'm everywhere. So I am, (laughs) my favorite platform is Instagram. And I am just Kara Marie Studios on Instagram, which is spelled with a K. K Oh, have I been calling you Kara? Well, that's what Sue calls me. It's the accent. So you're, yeah, that's Oh, that's why I thought you were Cara, because that's what she says. Cara Marie, I'm sorry. It's, no, I think it almost sounds prettier that way. So I, and that's how they say it and how the Italians say it as well. So I respond to both. So that's okay, perfect. Wow. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. so, so I am on Cara Marie Studios uh, on Instagram. <laughs> and then my website is caramariestudios.com. And my Facebook, I actually made the decision over the quarantine to quit Facebook. So what I did, and it was more of a process than I expected it to be. So I actually had to, when I canceled my account and I made like, I had to make a shell account because I do have an education group on Facebook for all of the people that have purchased any of my educational materials before, the boudoir series. And I made a shell account so that I could still take care of the education group. And when I did that, it lost all of my content of course, which I should have thought through all of the content. So I did have to reactivate the old account. I downloaded everything I had ever shared in my education group, deactivated the account, went to the shell account, re-uploaded everything. So I was very committed to making sure we didn't lose any of the content and we did that. So I am on Facebook in Kara Marie Education to answer any follow-up questions regarding the boudoir series. And it's just a place where everybody can come and kind of share their work, interact with each other. It's really cool. So there's about, I think, 1,500 members or so in there right now. And those are the three places that I'm on most often. I do have a Twitter account. I just don't know the handle. (laughs) I don't use it very much. Yeah, Yeah, I don't use Twitter either. (laughs) Yeah, well, very cool, very cool. And then also your Portrait Masters, the Boudoir series, and the Boudoir bundle are in the Portrait Masters store, too, if anyone's looking for that. Yes, the, the Portrait Masters yep. store. That uh, The bundle, there are posing cards in there, which have been really popular, too. That's super helpful because on the back of the posing cards, it gives like descriptions on how to coach them into the pose, which right. is so yes. important. So important. So yes. those have been doing really well as well. Awesome. Cool. 
Well, thank you again, and just good luck with everything, and let's keep in touch online, and yeah, hopefully we'll chat soon. Absolutely. I'll get you in front of my camera someday, Nikki. Ooh, I would love that. I would love it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye, you too. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review, either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love, and there are posing downloads, lighting downloads, I mean truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.